But um, before I tell you what I'm going to preach about, I want to tell you that for people that are looking for a second chance, today is your day. And, and I want to open my heart, and I just hope that you open yours because there's people here that God showed me that we are looking for a second chance. And what I talk about a second chance is there's people that are looking in Facebook, looking at pictures of people, and they find somebody from the past. They look, they, they're looking for their ex to see what they look like, and when they, they realize that they look better than you, we don't, we're not pleased with what we're looking. And I don't know if God is talking to you, but God is telling you, today I'm giving you a second chance. So look in, you can look at yourself how I'm looking at you, but not how you are looking at yourself in the mirror. Because for some of us, when we're looking at the mirror, we don't like what we're seeing. For some of us, we don't even like to look at it. We put it away because we think it's going to shatter. But it's, that's not the reason. It's because when we're looking at it, we're looking at what's inside that's, that image. If there's someone that knows what I'm talking about, Amen. don't be afraid of the mirror. All you have to do is look at yourself, how God is looking at you. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. So I'm going to read from the book of Isaiah, chapter 52. I'm going to ask everyone to please stand up while we read this verse. And I usually don't ask people to stand up, but today we will stand up because we're going to read it and we're going to practice the title. That way you guys, you get to, to wake up for a while. When you all say it, please say amen. And if you don't say it, say glory to God. Yes, we all have it. Isaiah 52, we're going to read the first, the first three verses. We read in the name of the Father, the, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 52.1 says like this. Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. O Jerusalem, the holy city. For there shall no more come into you the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake up yourself from the dust and arise. Be seated, O Jerusalem. Loose the bounds from your neck. O captive daughter of Zion. For thus says the Lord, you were sold for nothing and you shall be redeemed without money. The title for this preaching is, Get Up, Shake It Off, and Move On. So, get up, shake it up, and move on. Don't look at me like if I came from Mars or something. Just get up, shake it up, and move on. Shake it, shake it. I like how Pastor Robert does it. Shake it up like you mean it. You want to get rid of it. Shake it up. Amen. You may sit down. Hallelujah. Thank you. Today I will be preaching from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah simply means Yahweh or Jehovah is my salvation. So tell someone next to you, Jehovah is my salvation. Jehovah is my salvation. Salvation in the New Testament means soteria. Soteria means deliverance, safety, prosperity, healing, righteousness, joy. Peace, perseveration. So when God is saying, I am, I am you, your salvation, what he is really saying is, I am the all and every, the only thing that you need in your life. I'm going to say it again to this, this group only because they're getting it. What God is telling you today is that he is the only thing that you need in your life today. Can somebody say amen to that? Hallelujah. 
He's the only thing that we need. So we can call Isaiah the prophet of salvation or the prophet of deliverance. Interesting how the book of Isaiah has 66 books. The Bible has 66 books. It has 66 chapters. Because Pastor Robert always keeps me on track. Just by looking, he can tell me things. So <laughs> Isaiah has 66 chapters in, in this book. The Bible has 66. So it's amazing how the first 39 uh, books of this chapter, the book of uh, Isaiah, the first 39 chapters, they talk about warnings and judgment. The Bible, the first 39 books, is the same thing. It's the Old Testament. The 27 are the New Testament. In the book of Isaiah, the last 27, it's like God puts a new foundation of hope and promises for the people of God. And this is what I want to talk about because God has hope and promise for you today. There's a reason why we are here today. In the, in the chapter 39, after 39, the warnings and judgment, look how Isaiah in chapter 40, he starts saying, chapter 41, comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare has ended. You guys don't understand yet. That her warfare has ended. What he was saying, and on Friday, Pastor Mari was at the house, uh, and Maria Cristina, and when they want to buy something, I was running by the house by myself because God was telling me, tell the people of God, tell my people that her warfare has ended. What this means is that whatever you were struggling with at the house before you came here, when you go back today, it won't be there anymore. You don't know if you don't understand what I'm talking about. What, I, what God is telling you today that whenever you go on Monday to work and you put your feet on the door, whatever was bothering you at work, it will not be there anymore. Hallelujah. Whenever you go to the bank, instead of seeing red, red numbers, red numbers, you're going to start seeing black numbers. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Is God good or what? He's saying your warfare has ended. But the thing is that it's easy to know when we are broke. But I've been to warfares. I was a heroin addict. I was in crack walking the street like a, like a homeless. When that lady came here to talk about homeless, I knew what she was talking about. I know what it is to sleep in a trash can. I know what it is to open a box to sleep at night. So I had my warfare. I had my fights. And my, my mind was telling me, you can't get out of there. You have to do it because if you don't do it, you're going to die or you're going to end up in prison. And let me tell you, that was my destination. But the thing is that God knocked on my door because he's a gentleman. He's saying, today I'm knocking at your door. And if you listen to me and you open that knob, I'm going to come in and dine with you and you're going to dine with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the thing is that he got into my life and he told me, your warfare has ended. And I started walking like a new person. And I am a new person. The old person that you used to know is not me. I am the new person. So God is telling you today, your warfare Ascended. If there's someone that believes that here today, hallelujah. If there's someone that has warfare here, or am I the only one? Woo! If there's someone that has battle to fight here, well, I'm gonna, I have good news for you. When you go back home, it won't be there anymore. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. But look what Isaiah said in chapter 61, verse 6 and 7. He says, but you shall be named the priest of the Lord. And maybe later if I get to finish today, I want to tell you what is being the priest of the Lord because sometimes it's, uh, there's a version that said the priesthood of the Lord. And the thing is for a long time we know what is to live in the hood, but we don't know what priesthood is. <laughs> it sounds like a joke, 
But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes it goes like this. We don't know what a priesthood is. We know a lot about the hood. We know, we know very, very little about, about a priesthood. They should call you the servant of your God. You should eat the riches of the Gentiles. And in their glory, you should boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. And instead of your confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double everlasting joy shall be theirs. Is that amazing how, how God is telling you that instead of your shame, you should going to have double honor? So he's talking like when he said, instead of confusion, you shall rejoice in your portion. Therefore, in the land, in the land they shall possess double. So it's interesting to see because in the first he started talking, he says like for whatever we did, the sins that we were living, God gave you double punishment. But now he's saying, now I'm going to open a new window and I'm going to give you double. Zechariah chapter 9 says, as for you also, because you, that's 9, 11, and 12, because of the blood of your covenant, it's all about the blood of Jesus Christ. He made a covenant with us. It's all about his blood. Zechariah 9, 11 says, as for you, and so he's talking about you, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the water piece, waterless pit. It's, it's like a hole with no water. And one thing is to be in a hole full of water because you will be floating on top. But this is a hole that there's nothing in there. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I, I will restore double to you. So today I came to tell you that God is going to give you double for your troubles. Whatever you went through in life, God, God is going to restore whatever happened, whatever mistake you made, whatever things you, you lost. Because let me tell you, we lost a lot of things in the past. And God is telling you, there's someone here that's going to receive this word today. God is telling you, whatever you lost, whatever troubles you went through, I'm going to restore double for your troubles. Let me tell you, we went through a lot of things. We have made a lot of mistakes. But when God is telling me that he's going to make double, that's a good opportunity for you to be jumping and running and grabbing somebody else and grabbing their hand and saying, you better help me praise him because he's going to give me double for my trouble. If there's someone here that went through a lot of troubles, so you, gotta, you missed out a good opportunity to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Today you are entering into a new season of double for your trouble. Double for your mistakes. Double for all the things that have been going bad in your life. I'm going to tell you something. I was telling the devil this morning. You, you lost your opportunity. You should have killed me when you had the chance. You should have killed me when you had the chance. Because God is going to give me double of everything you took away from me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God is telling you the same thing. I'm going to give you double for all the troubles, for all the things that he stole from you. But let me tell you something. What double for your trouble means is if your car was running on empty, it's going to have plenty gas. Oh, it's going to have plenty gas. Hallelujah. My car was telling me this week, ding, ding, ding. And Anna said, what happened? I said, my car is on empty. So God is telling you, you're going to run with gas now. If you were broke, you're going to have money. But let me tell you even more, if you've been crying, the Bible said that God is going to give you double joy. And I want to make a, a short pause here because there's a lot of us that have been crying. And the problem is that we don't let anybody see us. We cry by ourselves. We cry ourselves to sleep. And then in front of people, we act like we are tough. 
And I want to talk to your heart right now. And I'm not going to talk to your intellect, to your mind. I'm going to talk to your heart. For a long time, we've been throwing tears away. We've been crying for our ex. We've been crying. We're putting our tears in our finances. And I want you to think for a moment, where are your tears going? Where are they going? There was a, a, a time that David said in the book of uh, in the book of Psalms, he was either 56 or 86. And God says, he, was a re he received a revelation that it was for this time, but he received it a long time ago. He said, God, I want you to put my tears, and I don't know what a vesicle, ve vessel or a receptacle. He said, I want you to put my tears, and actually, the Bible talks about this recipient. It could be a bag of leather, but he had a he had a cover. It's mentioned five times in the Bible. This is the only time that David says it. And the other four times, it was a recipient where they put anointing oil. So only the anointing oil was going in here. And this is what he was receiving. This is the revelation that he has received. He said, God, I want you to put my tears in that recipient. Why? Because they used to use the oil to anoint people. And remember, what he's saying is, God, I want you to put my tears in your son because the anointed one means the Christ and Christ was the son of God so he's saying God I want you to put my tears in your son Jesus Christ because there was a Egyptian tradition the Egyptian they used to believe that when someone that they love dearly that they love very much they used to take like um a time like a sponge, a rag, a leather rag, and they let them cry on this rag. And they were crying and crying and putting all their tears away. And when they was full of tears, they will put it with the dead body and bury it. And when, in, other, in other words, what I'm saying is, I have cried enough. But I'm going to put them in there and I will cry no more. And what David was saying, put my tears in your son. Because I know that he's going to be buried. And he's going to take my pain. He's going to take my ex-husband. He's going to take my ex-problems. He's going to take that right there in the tomb. If there's somebody that knows what I'm talking about. So you've been crying for too long, let me tell you. God is telling me to tell you, stop crying for your ex Listen to me. Stop crying from your ex. It's finished. It has finished. Stop crying for things that you cannot control. Put your tears in Jesus Christ. That's where your tears belong. We've been crying for too long. And the Bible says in the book of Psalm 126, those who sow in tears will reap with song of joys. What he is telling you, if you have cried a lot, and I know that some of you are thinking, but Pastor Louis, you don't understand. I have cried a lot. Well, let me tell you, you have more seeds to plant. That's it. You have more, you have more joy. You have more blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I like that echo stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woohoo. I like it. David said in Psalm 30:11, you have turned. For me, my mourning into dancing. One thing is to cry and, and mourn. But one, another one is to dance. And God is tired for you to be mourning. He wants you to be dancing. Because when you dance, you start with your feet, but your heart starts to shake. And when your heart starts to shake, then your praise has to come out of your mouth. And in your problem, all you have to do is praise him. Stop crying. Stop crying and praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Can, can someone say amen to that? So he said... You have, you have loosed my shackcloth and clothed me with gladness. And this is really important because the shackcloth, it was something similar to this. I brought this from, from one of the bags that we put sand when the storms come. 
It was something similar to this. It was called Cilicia because in, in the original, because it come from Cilicia, was the town that they were famous for making this. And they used to make it just like this, but it was made out with uh, goat hair. It was something very, very uncomfortable to wear. And when there was time of suffering, when it was time of crime, when it was time when somebody died, they would cover themselves with this. They would put this in their faces and walk in that heat with this. Like, like they wanted to suffer. And the more I was reading about this, it was like God was blessing me even more because when my sister passed away, and for the Hispanic tradition, when somebody dies, they, they wear black clothing for one year. So everybody knows that I'm suffering. So everybody knows that I'm mourning. And my, my mother did that for a whole year. And I did the service when my sister passed away. And I was wearing a peach shirt. And people told Lady, my mama, she was offended because I was wearing something peach and not black. So this material, this sackcloth, it was made in black because people wanted to let everybody know that I am suffering. So I'm going to tell you this because it it's important to understand that they were doing because they were humiliated. They was in mourning or they were they repented from something. When um, Acab, the king Acab, Jezebel's husband, he heard people talking bad about him, and they were talking in front of God about him, and he said, God, I'm going to wear Sicilio. I'm going I'm to, in front of you, I'm going to humiliate so you can have mercy on me. Remember when Jacob, he was told that Joseph, his son, died? He said, oh, maybe an animal must kill them. He wore Sicilio also because he was mourning. Remember when David, he took uh, a sense, he was counting people, he wasn't supposed to do it. He said, oh, a sense, census. So when he was doing that census, he said, look, God didn't tell him to do it, and he did. He said, Lord, I repent. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wear myself Cecilio, and I'm going to suffer, and I'm going to be uncomfortable in a sign so that everybody can see that he repented. And what God is telling you today is that he changed your sackcloth for gladness. Gladness means happiness. It's a state of mind, uh, of feeling that, but that is characteris that by being happy. By being happy. So what God is saying is, I'm taking this from you. So I'm going to tell you something. Stop walking like this. When people, when people ask you, how are you? But you know, in the same like a truck run over you. You know what the Bible says? Wash your face. Get up. When people ask you, how are you? I am blessed in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because God has taken that cloth off my shoulder and he has dressed me with joy. The thing is that I don't know why, but Christian, today's Christian, we like people to know that we are suffering. Let me tell you, my worst condition, nobody noticed that I'm in my worst condition. And when I am the most broken than ever is when I give the most. I'm going to tell you this again because everyone plugged their ears. When you broke the most, it's the good chance to give, to give the most. Because God said that he will multiply. If you have nothing, he will multiply it. See, the thing is that we are used to this normal way of thinking. Like not zero plus zero means zero. Zero times zero means zero. But God is saying if you have zero, you're a good candidate to be blessed with a lot. You see what I'm saying? He said, I will multiply the strength for those who have nothing. So if you have no strength, 
God will multiply it for you. If you have whatever it is you're lacking, you're a good candidate. So when I'm broke, it's when I give the most so I can, I can be at the bottom. There was a pastor that came to preach to my church, and he said, he said I'm, I'm going through a situation. I have this. I want to make a new building. I only have $1,000 in the bank, and I don't know what to do with it. And I tell him, Pastor Jose, bless, bless another ch church that needs the money. He said, are you crazy? Because that's the normal way of thinking. Are you crazy? I said, you want to be blessed? Bless somebody else with that $1,000. God is going to open endure because when you have nothing, it's when God is going to multiply it. See, the thing is, uh, we like to hold on to material things for too long. To tell you a long story short, he went back to Puerto Rico. And uh, this guy, he is a doctor. He went to his church. He became a member. He said, how much do you need to start the church? I'll give you the down payment. See, the thing is, uh, it could be coincidence. But let me tell you something. It's not until you go to the bottom that you start back up. And for a long time, you've been struggling with your strength and not with his. And God is telling you today, it's time to go to the bottom. It's time to go to the bottom because when you have nothing, it's when I'm going to rise you off. So God is telling you today, get up. Get up. It's time. What was the song that you, that you sung? Stay firm. Stand. Stand. So don't just stand. Get up and stand. Be firm. You have to get up. You see, I, I have a, I'm only in the in introduction, and I have like three more hours to go. I just realized that. So please don't look at you guys' watches anymore. I'll guarantee you, I promise you, we'll be out of here by five. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So God is going to take you to a place where you're going to possess double in the land that you live in. He's going to give you double, double honor for your shame. The devil should be, should be, say, should be saying or his knees should be hitting each other saying, why did I mess with Louis? Why did I mess with him? Because now God is going to give him double for all the trouble that I gave him. So God has decided that enough is enough. I'm going to give you double for your trouble. Whatever was held back from you, God is going to release it to you in this week. Whatever you, you didn't have before, believe it. You're going to have it now. Has the devil been bothering you? Of course, he's been bothering all of us. But this is a good chance because he did that. Now God is going to bless you. It's like God played a trick on you. He let, he let the devil mess with you, but now he's going to bless you double. So today I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that God is going to give you double for all those problems. And let me tell you something. I will, hear, I will be listening and hearing testimonies because I have declared, I have believed, I've been, been, I've been praying that God is going to restore his church. And it's going to start today. Do you receive it? So this is your time. This is a time of, of, of double. Double peace. Double joy. Double everything. Double love. You've been looking for love. God is going to show you love. Double. Hallelujah. So Isaiah 61 says, instead of your shame, he shall give you double honor. If you've been walking with your head down, you don't have to do that anymore. Get up your head, clean your, your face, and let everybody know that you're blessed in Christ. And instead of confusion, they should receive joys in their portion. See, when, when you're confusion, he doesn't say, I'm going to give them understanding. That's Isaiah 61, 7. He said, instead of, of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. See, he doesn't say it. they will have understanding. Confusions mean not having direction, not knowing where to go. But see, the devil knows that if you rejoice in your confusion, and rejoicing in your confusion is to, to praising God, rejoicing, being happy, and you praise God in your confusion, what happens is this, is in the midst of your, of your confusion, because there's a lot of people that are confused here today. 
But in the midst of that confusion, what happened is that you start rejoicing. You start praising God. And the Bible said that he, he lives in the midst of his praise. He, he, he inhabits in the presence of his praise. So when you are confused and you start praising him, what happened is that psh, he shows up. In the midst of your confusion, pah, he shows up. And the thing is that he doesn't have to open a way because he is the way. Hallelujah. So all you have to do in the midst of your confusion, give him a praise. And go ahead. Don't, don't wait for me to tell him. Oh, praise him. No, no. Go ahead. Give him a praise whenever you want to. Hallelujah. Isaiah 52 1 says, awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. God is telling us to put on our strength because before, before you wake up, before you wake up, you need, some people wake up and they just stay in bed. They wake up, I mean, their eyes are open, but they're still laying in bed. And it's important to understand this because Zion is the church and he's talking to the church. So he's saying, awake, awake, two times. So it means something. Number one is that you need to awake and jump out of the bed. See, when the alarm clock goes off in the morning, I turn it off and jump out of the bed. And my wife said, five minutes more, please, five more minutes. So she's the one that, she's awake, but she's still in bed. So we believe, and people that study the Bible believe that when he says awake, awake twice like that, it means that it's to wake up and get up and do it. But the thing is that they also believe that when he says awake, awake, the number, of, the first awake is to wake up your gifts. You have gifts. He has the gifts of teaching. You have the gift of playing music. God has given you gifts. So he's saying awake, wake up your gifts. But the second awake is wake up the one that is in you. And actually, it's not to wake up, it's to stir. Like if you're making soup, it's to remove inside what's inside of you. And the Bible said that greater, greater is he that is in me than the one that is out there. So I came here to tell you that you have Christ inside. And all you have to do is wake up the Christ that is in you. I'm going to say it again. You don't have to wake up your gifts. You have to wake up the one that is in you. Because in the midst of your problem, all you need is to have Jesus awaken in your life. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. David said, let God arise and your enemies will be scattered. So if we just worry about the inside and not the outside, we spend too much time in the mirror. We spend too much time ironing clothes. We spend too much time having things in place. I spent 20 minutes cleaning my shoes yesterday, but I, have, I had an hour. I was nervous. I didn't know what to do. I was practicing my preaching, and I said, I'm going to clean my shoes for a while. But see, but if, it might sound funny, but the thing is, we all have spent a lot of time doing our hairs and, and, and all kinds of things, but how long are we spending working in the inside? When was the last time that you spent time with Christ? When was the last time that you not even spent time that you started doing what Christ, the inside, is telling you? Because many times he's telling you, don't do that and we'll do it. Don't look at that and we'll look at it. Oh, there's a lot of us that we need to learn something today. And it's that we need to wake up what's inside of us. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. If you can do this, and let me tell you something because for many times we are priesthood. Is that what I said, priesthood? For a long time, we, the Bible is telling us that we are, we are royal, that our dad is a king, that our brother is Jesus Christ. But it's like we're living with him inside, but we don't know how to live. 
And let me tell you something. There was a story one time in Puerto Rico. This guy, his name was Dario. He was a, a guy that went from the Bronx, New York, to Puerto Rico. He was like 18, and I was like 14. And I went to the junior high, and this pretty girl went by me, and I told her a few things. And I used to fight a lot, and I didn't win all my fights, but most of them I did. And I used to fight a lot. I used to love to fight. And this guy came, and remember, I'm 14, and he's like 18. He was a lot older. And he came to me, and he, everybody's walking because when you go, I don't know now, but back then when you were going to fight in school, everybody gathered and gets together. And, and he's coming, and a whole bunch of people are coming. And, and he said, what did you say to my girlfriend? Tell me now. Tell me what you said to her. I said, oh, man, you don't know what you're messing with. You don't know what you're messing with. And I don't know how this happened. I don't know if he picked me up and body slapped me or he pushed me. I ended up over there on the floor, and I'm looking like, he really doesn't know who I am. He, he body slapped me so hard. I was way over there. I'm thinking, he really doesn't know who I am. So I looked at him, and I said, wait a minute. I'll be back. And I didn't, I didn't see Arnold's movie, I'll be back. And I went back to the high school, and I got my cousin. He was older. And I went with my, my cousin, Adel, and we went and, and got him. And I said, you know what happened? This big dude full of tattoos came from New York, and he did this to me. And he said, well, I want to get, there were some guys, they call them the cats. They all have blue eyes. In Puerto Rico, they call names to everyone. So they call them the cats. They all have blue eyes. And it was the cats, my cousin, and me. It was seven of us. We looked like the Magnificent Seven. <laughs> and we were going out there, and all I have to do is, he said, my cousin said, which one is it? And I said, that one right there. By the time I said, that one right there, those cats, they jump on them, pow, pow. And it was so bad that they want to embarrass these guys so bad that they pull him by the air and brought him to me and make him to ask forgiveness. And when he's asking for forgiveness, they're telling me, hit him, hit him now. And I look everywhere, make sure that I was, I was well protected. I'm going to hit him in the head, like, mess with me now. But let me tell you something. If I can do that in the natural, how much more you can do if your big brother is Jesus Christ. All you have to say when the devil comes to mess with you, all you have to say, wait right here. I'm going to get my big brother. He's going to defend me. Hallelujah. Oh, my God, my God. If he works in the natural, of course he's going to work in, in the spiritual. You know, the blood that's running through you is, is kingdom blood. Kings don't live in trash cans. King, king, kings don't live in alleys. We are, we are priesthood. We need to understand who we are in Christ. Your, your father is God and your big brother is Jesus Christ. Give him a praise. Hallelujah. You're not alone. You're not alone. Hallelujah. Get up. You are, you are a king. The prodigal son, when he was, uh, I'm trying to, to continue, and I, this keep coming to my mind. The prodigal son, he was in trouble. He went to the lowest, to the bottom of his life. He was eating with pigs. And you know why he came back? Because he realized who his father was. He said, wait a minute. My dad has servants that, that serve him. And some of the servants have servants that help him serve. You know what I'm saying? He said, wait a minute. Who is my father? Who am I attached to? And that's what makes him get up. And he went to the house. And God is telling you today, you are, you are my son. I have servants, and you need to be next to me. I have people that are going to serve you. So the thing is, you need to understand who your father is. So you can get up 
and come to do what God is calling you to do. Can somebody say amen? So stop thinking about the past. Stop thinking that you can't do it because you can do it. The devil's job is to talk to you about the past. For yours is to talk about his future. Do you understand that? For a long time, for a long time, his future is destroyed. That's why he likes to talk to you about your past. I remember pastoring in, in Palm Bay. This guy, I'm, I'm preaching, and this guy visit, and, and I, I was talking about things, and this guy said, can you believe he was a drug addict and blah, 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 blah. And he wanted to talk to me, so I opened the office. I'm talking to him and said, maybe a new visitor. It's a new church, and we have new people. And he said, uh, so you are an ex-addict. I said, yeah. He said, I can't believe that you are a pastor. And he's looking at my face and telling me this. And I was angry. I, I didn't know what to do. Um, I said, and how long have you been saved? Because you were not born saved. He said, well, I was born in church. I was raised in church. I've been saved all my life. I said, and the only thing that came to my mind is I said, well, how many peoples have you been for the Lord? Because I can guarantee you that I, can, I have done more as an ex-addict that you've been saved for your life. Because the devil likes to talk to, throw the past in your, in your face. And let me tell you something. God is not interested in your past. He's interested in your future. I'm going to say it again. If you clap, clap like, like he, he deserves it because it's for him. Hallelujah. So God is so amazing because God is so interested in your, in your future that the Bible says in, in Genesis 29, 11, I took this from my wife. He says, for big mistake, this is an eraser. And God has says, I, 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 when you visualize something, it's easier to remember. In Genesis 29, 11, the Bible said that God says himself, he says, for I know the plans that I have for you. I want you uh, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, he said, I know the plans that I have for you. I want you to understand that there's a lot of plans because he knew that you were, you were going to mess up the first one. So God will take it, he raised that one because he has plans. You see what I'm saying? God has a lot of plans for you. And then he says that they are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and give you future. He knew that you were going to mess up the first one. For some of you, he knew you were going to mess up the 12th one. For some of you, he knew you were going to mess up the 20th one. But he said, I have plans for you. Hallelujah. Today is a day for new beginnings. Hallelujah. So it's time to get up. It's, I think I've talked enough about getting up. I'm going to try to wrap this up. And then the second one is to shake up. The Bible, to shake, shake it up. To shake it up. Shake up what? So that's why you were, you were all here. Pastor Robert was like in the 70s. I can't imagine him with an afro and a bandana and bell buttons. So what are we going to shake up? The Bible said in the book of Genesis that God told the serpent. I'm sorry. That God, that God told the serpent that you will eat dust for the rest of your life. So the Bible said that you need to shake up your dust. So the serpent was going to be on the ground, moving on the ground all the time, eating dust. But then in Genesis 3 verse 14, God created man. He said that he created him from the dust. So in other words, what he's saying is that my flesh is dust. So when you are in the flesh, you automatically serpent food. You, you see what I'm saying? So while you are living in the flesh, 
you are good food for the serpent. So the only way that the devil can eat you is while you're living in the flesh. So God's telling you, shake it up. Shake up your flesh. Let it go. Let go of all that junk out of your life. Hallelujah. I didn't think you were going to say amen to that one. But God is telling you, it's time to stop living in the flesh. It's time to start living in the spirit. You know what the problem is? That in Sunday, there's a lot of praying in tongues. And a lot of rumble, sakalabazuka. But Monday, there's nothing. Tuesday, there's nothing. Wednesday, there's nothing. So start living more in the spirit so you don't have to be in the flesh. Because you will be the devil's food if you're still in the flesh. Can somebody say amen to that? Oh, we need to get out of the flesh. We need to get out of the flesh. Jesus, Jesus said to the disciples in Luke 9.5, he said, when you go minister, when you go to preach to them in those cities and they don't listen to you, walk away and clean the dust of your feet. Leave that junk over there. So you know what the problem is? That we go visit our family that are not believers and instead of us preaching to them and leaving something there, we take their junk with us. I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to say it looking at this way because we go to their houses and the first thing is they open a bottle. And we said, it's only one. There's nothing. There's no problem with that. So instead of ministering to them, what we're doing is we're taking their dust and bringing it with us. It's time to start living in the spirit. Hallelujah. Can we say amen to that? Oh, my Lord, my Lord. And point number three, and I'll finish with this. I'll close with this. We need to move on. He said, get up, shake it off, and move on. Your deliverance is in your mouth. How are we going to move on? We know that we need to get up. We need, we need to stir what's inside of us. We need to wake up the one that is inside of us. We need to let go of the flesh. We need to shake it off. But how are we going to move forward? The only way that we can move forward is with our mouth. Because the deliverance is in your mouth. I need, why will you even think that God is going to put your deliverance in somebody else's hand? God is not going to do that. He's going to put it in your own hands. Now you are responsible of you being free. So I know that... I don't know how to say this, but you might be saying, I'm going through a lot of difficult times. I'm, I'm going through things that, that you haven't gone through. I, I'm, I'm by myself. And we, we, we're feeling sorry for ourselves. I'm, but you don't even know what I'm going through. But let me tell you something. <laughs> this, the same guy that, that you mentioned, this guy, uh, Josephat. Joseph, Joseph, he was going through a lot more than what you are going through. I'm going to tell you more. He was going through a lot more than we all together are going through right now. And you know what happened? There was two, 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 um, two people were after him, two, two bunch of people. He was, uh, one of them was called Ammon and the other one was Moab. They wanted to destroy him. Because he was a king of Israel for 25 years. He was good. He raised up an army that loved him and respected him. The Bible said that he was just like David when David started. He had a heart for God. He, they used to believe that they have a religion with prostitution. And they were going at church doing the, the crazy stuff. I'm glad you said the freaky deacon, not me. 
So they were going to church to do the freaky dicky. And he said, you know what? I'm going to put a stop to that. And this man, he started changing things around. So because he was changing things around, everybody hated him. But it was thousands of people that were going to destroy him. But look how good this is because he says, you know what I'm going to do in my problem? I'm going to seek the Lord's face. And the Bible said that he threw his face in the ground and he was praying in the ground. And then he realized, he said, I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm going to go get the whole people. I'm going to get the whole city to do the same thing with me. So now he is with his people seeking the Lord's face. And he was saying, Lord, I'm going to go fight them, but how am I going to do it? How am I going to fight him? How am I going to do this? And listen to what he did. The Bible said that he stood firm. He was standing firm. But this is what he did. The first thing, he said two things. He said, number one, he says, he said, believe in the Lord our God and we'll be, we will be safe and we will prosper. So I'm going to tell you, if you're going through a lot of problems, I'm going to tell you, believe in the Lord our God and you will be safe and you will be prosper. And the second thing that he told them is, he said, I need you to get me. And this is something, I want you to receive this. I want you to... To grab it and make it yours because it, it will be take you in another situation that you're going through this. It's going to help you to get out of it. He told them because the thing is that the devil likes to mess with you in secret. When nobody's there. When the lights are off and only the computer is on. <laughs> in secret. But you know what? What God wants to do? God wants to destroy him. In public. That's why when we have problems with something, we do it in public. We don't go. There was a lady that wanted to talk to me. She was having problems with her husband. She said, nobody has touched me in four years. Can you come and talk to me? I said, you need to talk to my wife. Because I'm not going to go in secret with anybody. You know what I'm saying? So the thing is that the devil, you need to, in public, in front of whoever it is, you need to say, no, you want to mess with me in secret? I'm going to mess with you in public where everybody can see it. So this is what he realized. He said, well, you know what I'm going to do is, the first thing he said, bring, find me people that can sing. Bring people that can sing. See, if there's somebody that can sing, come over here, singers, come over here. Stand right here right now. Let's get ready. I'm about to close anyway. He said, find people that can sing. And then he said, then he says, find people that can praise. Let's find people that can praise. If there's anybody that can praise, well, give him a praise at this moment. Hallelujah. Stand up. Let's give him a praise. Then he said, then he said, if there's people that play instruments, Jimmy, you play instruments. Come over here, you too. Come over here. He said, there's people. Come over here. He said, there's people that play instruments. You come over here. And he said, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put him in the front of the bottle. Because you know how you destroy him? With a praise. Because your blessing is in your mouth. Your deliverance is in your mouth. So what he's saying is, I'm going to put him in front. And I'm not, I'm not going to tell him what to sing. Because they are praisers. They are worshipers. They know what to sing. They know what they're going to do. So what God is telling you today, in your worst moment, in your worst situation, what you have to do is open your mouth and give him a praise. Open your mouth and sing yeah. for the Lord. Open your mouth yeah. in the middle of your problem and yeah. tell him a praise. And you know what a praise really is? Praise is to tell God.
good things about him. All you have to say, devil, you should say, God, because you are good. Because I didn't make myself. Because you made me. Because you are good. Because your mercy is forever. Because in the midst of my trial, I'm not going to people. I go to you that you made heavens and you made the earth. Because your love is forever. Because when you're angry, it's for a short time. But when you are happy, it's forever. Yeah. Hallelujah. Give him a praise. I dare you to praise him. Hallelujah. Let the devil know that you are coming. 